What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. If you haven't listened to the, or if you haven't subscribed to the show on YouTube, please go ahead and do that now. Also, thanks so much for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. The only daily Trailblazers podcast. So. Make it a part of your daily routine and tell your friends to do the same. Today's show is going to be a really fun one. Uh, The Blazers lost tonight 99-94 to the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a gross game, and instead of talking so much about a gross game where the Blazers lost to a team that probably none of you care for, I thought we're going to change it up. So in today's episode, I'm bringing on three fans, three listeners to the show to share their thoughts on the team, share their thoughts on what they want to do next with this group, and kind of what they like and don't like about this season. So let's just get into it. Joining me now, Courtside Kev, you know him as Do on Twitter, friend of the program and friend of your Blazers tweets. Kev, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, that basketball game was gross. Um, I'm I'm proud of you for watching all of it. It was just an ugly basketball game. Let's not talk about let's not talk about that though. Let's do anything but talk about that gross basketball game in which the Blazers uh, forced 16 turnovers and scored one point off turnovers. They just smoked layups all night long. Uh, big picture stuff. What what excites you about this team? What like makes you raise your eyebrows and be like, oh okay. Uh, definitely the young guys. Uh, everybody's gonna say Ant, but my favorite young guy is uh, Trenton Watford, and I there can we go, go a full segment on why this guy could be like the next Draymond Green. So Dr- Draymond Green, this is high praise. Um, Draymond Green is you know like a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, and Trenton Watford is a is like a borderline backup five in the NBA. Sell me on him being Draymond Green. Uh, man, the guy's just real smart. Uh, you know, he's uh, super young. I think a lot of this stuff can come along. If he can become like half of what Draymond Green is, I think he could be a good, really good rotation piece for some team someday. So like, he's just like knows how to pick, pick his spots. He hustles a ton. Like tonight, I think like all three of his baskets were on putbacks. Right. Um, he's a good passer out of the post. Uh, he sets really good screens. He like does everything you want out of like, you know, like your sixth or seventh best guy. So I, I think that's true. Like, I'm a Trendon Watford believer. I, if you've listened to the podcast, I, I preach the good word on Trendon. But, like, I don't even – I don't think he should play on a good team. Like, no. I don't think I don't think he should play no. on a good team. It's just, like, he he does little stuff where you're like, oh, he gets it. I think that's the best thing you could say about him is, like, you the way he rolls to the rim. He has good pacing on, on – when he sets a screen and rolls, he kind of knows the pacing. Um, he, he definitely understands defense. He's totally out of his depth playing center in the NBA, and it's unfair that he only gets to play center in the NBA. It would be nice if he got to play, you know, power forward, a position that he's maybe more natural. And we did see very few minutes of that tonight against the Lakers. But yeah, I think, I, that, was, I think that was the first time he played four alongside Nurk too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played a little bit of four next to Larry and a Cody, but he's never played next to Nurk. Um, so monumental moment, monumental yeah. moments in the Kids trend of Watford world. Moves, there you, know? you go. Probably going to uh, see a lot more of that moving yeah, forward, six, hopefully. Pretty excited about six and six with two steals from Trent Watford. Loving it in 15 minutes. What what don't you like about this team? Like, give me, give me something that you legitimately don't enjoy. Oh, man. Okay, so this team, when they were on that run, the ball movement was excellent. Um, I love CJ McCollum, but, like, that's a lot of ball stopping. You know, he goes through, like, this, like, two to four-minute stretch every game where he just ball stops he forces shots he uh yeah it doesn't look great and it's tough to watch too yeah it's it's tough because dame wants to pound the rock also 
Um, but Damon Lord is one of the 10 best players in the league. And CJ McCollum is one of the 35-ish best players in the league. So like when Dame's doing it, you're like, okay, it's a little frustrating because it's like Dame's like screen, rescreen, pound the rock. Okay, didn't work. Step back, splash from 35. Well, damn. Um, and CJ is taking like a tough 19 footer in 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 uh, like in traffic, and if you just have too many of those dudes on the team, and I feel like that's that's where they're at, right? CJ wants to shoot and doesn't want to pass. Yeah, and you know Dame can get away with that because he's Damian Lillard at his right. best. He's like top 10 in the NBA. CJ is like scraping top 40, maybe not even this season. So uh, hey, come yeah. on, keep his trade value up. Maybe <laughs> yeah. someone's listening. To, maybe someone's listening to this podcast. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Daryl Morey's listening. Come on. Yeah, let's get uh, the guy from Locked On Pels back in. Let's uh, <laughs> let's just let's just forget that I said anything bad about CJ. No, he's definitely take him. <laughs> definitely worth it. Two first round picks. Definitely yeah. worth it. Two first round picks. Yeah, I, I think they don't move the ball enough. I was hoping that would change a little bit um, with Billups, but it hasn't really. Like nah. they're they're not the they're not like dead last in the league like they were under Terry Stotts. But you know, um, zebras, stripes, et cetera, et cetera. Like these guys just play the way they play. You can do a little bit. You can make little tweaks, but it's hard to like really get it done. Um, we that's mentioned just, the trade. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that's just kind of how the team was constructed. Like our right. two best players are you know like great isolation players Anthony Simons is shaping up to be like the same type of player too so it's just you know that's yeah like and Norman Powell <laughs> Norman Powell's never passed like he's literally never passed the ball like he's <laughs> I, I like Norman Powell because he doesn't pass it's one of my favorite things about him is that he gets the ball in transition sees three dudes between him and the rim and is like yep yep open yeah. lane there we <laughs> yep. go <laughs> he's like yep this I'm definitely gonna get it done <laughs> yeah so it's like some of it is just like the group right and then I think there's like some anxiety that happens from when Robert Covington's like I haven't touched the ball in four minutes like I gotta, I'm gonna do something with it. Now Roko had nine assists tonight. Um, a, a really wild game. 0 for eight, 0 for six from three. Nine assists, thirteen boards, and four steals. Like a box score legend, legendary oh, Roko yeah. night. But he's <laughs> typically not a passer. Like he no. doesn't, you know, not much of a passer. And and I think Nurk, while he settled into that, sometimes he would be like, I just don't get the ball enough. I'm shooting. If I get it, I'm shooting. Yeah. And I think it it feeds into itself. It all plays off. It plays <laughs> off one another. Not enough touches to go around. And it is funny because sometimes you'll see uh, uh, Roko just uh, lurking on the wing, and you know he's just going to shoot it. The next time he catches it, it's it's going up. So he's made a decision. The ball is two passes away, and he's made a decision like. I am shooting. Yeah, that is that is definitely the Roko mentality. You can see it. What do they do from here, Kev? Like, what what the hell do they do from here? I think they got to do the obvious thing and trade CJ. Uh, we just need wings. You know, yeah. uh, if we can get Josh Hart and flip those picks into like you like another good wing or like even like Miles Turner, that would be the dream. I'd say he'd uh, help the tank out because I don't think he's going to play for the rest of February. You know, who right. knows when he'll be back? But uh, I, I love watching Dame play with a pick and pop big. You know how good that was with Lamarcus. Not just say that you know miles turner is like nearly right. as good as lamarcus is but you know same same vein yeah shoots threes um 40 three-point shooter he would be literally twice as good at it as nurk is um so with all due respect nurk at two three tonight so i'm sorry i'm sorry nurk <laughs> but you're literally under 25 percent on the year so uh it's hey it happens yeah Kev, two for three from three and uh, yeah. one off the back of the sideboard so it's just side it was of the backboard <laughs> It was a real tribute to Alfred Camino, a friend of mine who's probably not listening because he was pretty down on the Blazers, said, was that a chief tribute? It was immediately he texted me. So uh, it was, um, you know, when you're a 21% free three-point shooter, sometimes it looks like it. Yeah, Kev, totally. Thank you so much for joining us. We will uh, do it again soon on the all, f- all Blazer fan episode of Lockdown <laughs> Blazers. Kevin, appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me on. I want to take a moment to tell you about Bet Online. Got you covered this season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. And as football heads to its final game, well, 
there's no better time than to head over on to betonline.net because it's your best spot for not just football, but all sports. Live updates, they got news on all your sports, and they got they got action on every single game. Not just football, pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, live real-time updates, like I said. And listen, don't wait. Take advantage of this offer. Don't wait for the Super Bowl. We're two weeks away from the Super Bowl. Don't wait. You can go, you can go get in on all of the action over at betonline.net right now. So head on over yeah, we, to BetOnline, uh... where the game starts. All right. All right. Let's keep it rolling on this special fan slash listener edition of Locked on Blazers. Get another fan joining us now. Some more perspective on what's next with this team. Joining me now, John at Thorpe Theory on Twitter and the host of the 3430 Club pod. John, thanks for joining me. I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about this game. Uh, the Blazers just uh, the Blazers you know they just it was a gross basketball game but let's let's just kind of talk big picture stuff. What when you're watching this team what excites you? Like what what brings you joy with this group? Yeah, I think like most people the young guys seeing them develop, seeing, you know, every look every night I'm looking forward to Ant having a matchup that is going to teach him something. So, sure. you know, unfortunately there's been a lot of point guards that have been out recently when when ant has been kind of in this run during january but one of the things i look for is like the minnesota game for instance when jared vanderbilt was just all over him and that length and that athleticism just chasing him down in the fourth quarter like that's perfect that's what i want to see because we need to see how he reacts to that and if he's able to still find guys around the court pass out of those situations that's like a invaluable teaching moment so that's probably one thing I'm looking at. Um, Trent Watford, I know you're a big fan. Um, tonight was a little rough for him. Uh, yeah, he's just out of his depth. Like Dwight Howard yeah. is not a fair matchup for him. You know, it's like, it is what it is. Like he's the backup center. That's how the roster is built. But like, it's like, you're talking developmental minutes. Like that's not, those aren't useful developmental minutes. Go guard Dwight Howard is not, <laughs> it's not useful. Right. That's not a useful thing for him to sort of, you know, he's, he's going to be a big, he's like a four or five, um, but he's, he's a four, like his future is a four and learning to shoot from outside of one foot. Um, it's maybe four and a half with that little floater, but like, I'm with you. Um, it's, it's, you want to see, I really, I really like the, the Jared Vanderbilt built point you made with Ant. Like you want to see guys go up against the type of matchup that if they were in a important game and they were regular parts of this rotation, see them go up against somebody who's good and maybe struggle, right? Like maybe Jared Vanderbilt puts you in the Snuggie and it's like, okay, I get it. I can learn from that. But like Trina Watford's like, oh, I'll never be as big as Dwight Howard. I'm never going to be as big as Anthony Davis. Cool. <laughs> these are <laughs> these are not useful minutes for me. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, up until Nas got injured, of course, that right. was fun to see. I know you and I have disagreed about, is he, should he guard fours? Should he guard twos? Um and you're seeing him be a more switchable player, which sure. Portland hasn't had in a long time. So that was something I was enjoying up until last week. Yeah, um, let's bring let's bring listeners in on that. So <laughs> so John and me have have uh, had I would say um, exchange of thoughts on 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 uh, email over what were the sort of future of Nazir Little. Where are you at with him defensively? Like, because he was I thought he was making real strides before he got hurt. Yeah, 
you know, I, I know he has one of the longest like wingspan to height ratios in the NBA, which is of course something Portland very rarely has had. Um, and, and I've heard people debate about whether he's really six, five, like he's listed at six, five. And then other people say, no, like off the record, he's told us he's taller than that, but I see him more as like a two, three on defense. Um, just because I guess maybe I would prefer to see even more length at the three sure. and the four than Nas. Um, and you know, I think, I think he has that, um, that energy and that hustle to try and chase the smaller guys around on the court. And I just, I see him getting a little overshadowed at the four by, you know, some of the better, stronger guys in the league. So maybe if he puts on, um, you know, 10 more pounds of muscle, then maybe you can see him guarding more fours. But I, I think I would like to see Chauncey experiment with him. I guess this will be next year um, trying to guard, you know, bigger guards and smaller threes and, see if he can stay in front of those guys and not let let himself get beat yeah i i'm with that i'm with that i think the bulk against fours is a little bit of a challenge for him he's pretty strong but he's not that like he's not chuck hayes or whatever um <laughs> jj <laughs> hickson former yeah. uh blazer great yeah exactly you know he's not one of those undersized guys that's just like a, a wall that you can't move he's he's his strength is his athleticism so i agree that um, I've, I've maybe come around to say that, like, let's let Nas guard twos and threes and, and mostly be a wing stopper because the Blazers' future is needing wings. And he, you know, in the brief period that they really let him loose for about 15 games as a true starting three in the league, he looked he looked like he was not too far out of his depth. Um, like, it, he looked like he was a contributor there. Not Maybe not like a high-level starting wing, but good, pretty good. Um, and yeah. for this for this season, pretty good is just incredible. Pretty good feels f- pretty good feels just very very comfortable because the Blazers haven't had a lot of things you can point to. It's like oh yeah, they're fine. Um, yeah. What do they do? I'm asking everybody this. Like what? How do they get out of this? Because they're not good right now. Um, wh- what do you want to see them do and change before next season or even at the deadline or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably sound like a broken record, but I think getting getting plus length is probably my first priority. If I were to be making the phone calls, you know, guys like Justin holiday, Jared Vanderbilt, I'm a big miles Turner fan. I, I will post about miles Turner frequently. Um, you know, I'd like to see them kind of go all out for defense and length, um, and see what that looks like with Dame and Ant next year. And I'm fine. Just completely, changing out the three, four and the five for guys that are going to give you that, um, plus size on, on the wing. Yeah. I I like that. You mentioned Justin holiday. He's, I think he's, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. If, if, if a, uh, Indiana and Portland trade were to go down, that is the name. I'm like, you think Justin? You think Justin Holiday could just like <laughs> come on, come on just out, tag west? along yeah. with Miles yeah, Turner? Like, yeah, is he, is he coming? He's coming. Him and TJ Warren. Um, probably not. TJ hasn't played in like two years, but that would be a little too dark for Blazer fans. But I was a believer when he was healthy. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think the uh, Tom Ziller wrote about this in Good Morning It's Basketball, uh, a Substack that he runs and a newsletter that I subscribe to. Is like the Blazers have basically tried two things. They pl- tried Damon LaMarcus for a couple years. It's pretty good. And then they tried Damon CJ for, you know, seven seasons. I think they owe it to Dame to try anything else. And while Anthony, Anthony, while Amphrey Simons feels very similar to the Dame CJ pairing, I think the trying something else would be your idea. 
two 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 smaller score first guards who aren't good defenders and then all in on defense like all in on defense you complement dame with all defenders um that seems like a really reasonable try can they do that maybe not right like maybe not then maybe they don't have the way the path there but i'm with you if like if they could that's the direction i would go i i, I think we agree there even if we've argued about nas over email i think we're i think we've got we're simpatico on this i just i i like the raptors a lot so i think yeah. my mind always goes to like let's just make everyone six seven and see what right. happens if, <laughs> if everyone was gigantic and long then it's like hey you don't have a lot of ball handling hey you don't have a real center but boy are you a wild matchup every single night i'm i'm with it i the Raptors are a fun watch. Um, when, and they only play they only play five guys, so you're always gonna see the same five guys. When they played Portland recently, I was thinking throughout the whole game, I was like, what if we just mixed these two teams? Like, you know, you play for Portland for a couple days and you come over to Toronto and what what would happen? Like, would they become yeah, more that, balanced rosters? That's a pretty good thought experiment. Could the could the you know Toronto Blazers or or Portland Raptors could they win a championship? Is that a is that a championship level team? I think that's uh I mean I'll I'll get Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors. I'll see what he thinks on that. John, thank you so that's much for good. joining the show. Um, we will uh mean you can fight about more stuff over email. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, y'all check out thirty four thirty Club Pod. It's the uh podcast that john just started and hosts and you can follow john at thorpe theory on twitter thanks again john all right thanks a lot mike thanks for having me want to take a moment to tell you about rockauto.com it's a place where you can save time and money first of all it's quick and easy to use they got an easy to use easy to use and navigate website it's going to save you time and they're going to save you money, like 30, 50, or even 100% more than the chain auto parts stores or the car dealership. Take, for instance, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump. It's 353 bucks if you go to that chain auto parts store in your neighborhood. But if you order at rockauto.com, it's just $216. You're going to save real bread so you can spend it on other things you need and not just your car. Rock Auto always has reliably low prices for every customer, whether you're a professional mechanic or just a do-it-yourselfer. They specialize in helping those do-it-yourselfer folks, but they don't have some special section to make it cheaper for mechanics. Low prices for everybody. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. We're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still doing the all-fan episode of Locked on Blazers, bringing listeners in to chat about the team, their likes, their dislikes, and their hopes for the future. So let's keep it rolling. Joining me now, Pierce. Pierce, welcome to the show. Yeah, first time first time video guest here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, uh Everybody got in, got on the, made their YouTube debut here. Pierce, um, what, when you watch this Blazer team, and admittedly, they're not very good, what excites you? Like, what, what do you, what do you get excited to watch or what do you get interested to watch? You know, Mike, you know, it's, you gotta really try to find what's enjoyable for, on this Blazers team, like, really, sometimes really hard. Like, I, the thing I probably love most is, uh, used to being rid of the floaters, um, you know, actually being big down there and everything like that. Um, but the thing, you know, I think a common answer that you're going to get from everyone is like the young, the youth movement. That's what everyone um, said. You know, three for three. You know, Nas, clearly Nas going down ruined my week. Yeah. Just like, oh my God. Just, um, 
just unfair for him, just how much he's overcome with COVID and everything like that. But like now I'm just like enjoying like the Trin and Watford's like weird uh shot put like almost like a shot put post game yeah put only like push floaters yeah only push floaters. yeah these little push floaters are just like really enjoyable i'm going like he's running the break and like he's playing solid defense and like every night like he can foul out in the first six minutes or he can do some amazing stuff so like i said it's you know there's a point in december where i didn't have any enjoyment at all because game was hurt and everything like that but now it's like hey like the, the game sucked tonight, but that's okay. Like, Ant looked look, look fine. Um, I like where the team's kind of heading. I'm very curious what we're going to do at deadline. But, um, yeah, just overall, like, these are these are fun players still to watch the night night. What do you credit Nurk's change in? Like, is this – I guess let me leave it at that, and then I'll drill in a little bit. Like, where do you credit him ditching the floaters to? I think it's just the touches he's getting on the paint. Um, you know, for a long time, he was just the only touch he got off of Dame's pick and rolls, and he would just catch on top of the key and had to make a decision whether it was pass and pass or shoot the little floater. Um, and now that he's getting so many direct post-up touches, I feel like he's just like, oh, I don't need this in my game more. I, I don't need to worry about, you know, feeling productive on the Dame pick and roll. I need to shoot this floater, not only to, you know, win the game at the end of the day, but like, you know, I think there's a lot of satisfaction he gets of like just cruising down there and everything like that. So, you know, it's frustrating. Like, like you know, it's it's been the norm this season of seeing like a four for thirteen from him yeah. on a, like a nightly basis, just from you know missing little gimmies to like even tonight was a great illustrator of like, okay, like you wish you would just dunk him on some, when he has like a you know Avery Bradley on him on the post, but like it's still a lot better than what it was a couple of seasons. The last couple of seasons, it was mind-bogglingly frustrating and like i said i think he's playing a lot harder now that he is close yeah I, I think he's you know he's there's always been moments when he realizes that he's 300 pounds um yeah. and but now it's it's he can they're they're really leaning into that and i do think it is i i do think the touches have allowed him to be patient and allowed him to not he doesn't have to rush he can just say let's go get yeah. it. let's go get it and let's go get it can mean i i'm i know i'm going to get the ball where i want it which is I'm going to get the ball on the left block. I'm going to be able to go hard right hand, throw my left shoulder into someone and get to what I want to. And because he knows he's going to get that touch that he wants the way he wants it, it lets him be Nurk. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I, I think Chauncey deserves some credit for leaning into that. It, it came up by necessity. So it's not like it came up because they ran out of good players. Um, so like it's, it, it is what it is. Sometimes that's how coaching works though, is like you try to get your best players the ball and eventually attrition means that Nurk is one of your best players. And it, when he was yeah. their second best offensive player, they, they leaned into this and I think it's been helpful and you see the value in it. Um, and it's made, I think it makes us all appreciate Nurk a little bit more because you're like, oh, he does have this in him. Um, I just wonder when Dame's back and they're running 37 pick and rolls a game, does this Nurk show up or does the sort of more anxious Nurk uh, more little rushed Nurk show up. I, that 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 part remains to be seen. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Nurk and remains to be seen, what do you want them to do with the trade deadline? Like you said, you said we'll see. Like what what's your what is like a successful uh, trade deadline in your eyes? You know, I'm all for you know moving on with some of our free agents that are due this this upcoming summer. Um, you know, that Roco trade to the Jazz has been being flown around. I know what Joe Ingles going down lately. I don't think it's 
Right. You know, is it going to be O'Neill now? Possibly. But, you know, I think a lot of people were on that Nurk bandwidth, that Nurk train of like, oh, just, you know, trade, trade him you know, to trade him. Yeah. Uh, Rocco and Nurk. And like, I, you know, I had a hard time going like, is like Miles Turner an upgrade over Nurk at this point? He's a like, stylistic that, change. He's a stylistic yeah, change. It's a, it, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't see that move of the needle. I'd rather just keep the guy happy and hopefully we might get him on a bargain contract. But, you know, there's a lot of debate over us with CJ and Norm and Simons. Um, I'm all for, I think a lot of people say, like, I, I, I want Simons to be starting to moving forward. I just like his intangibles in terms of pick and roll, the playmaking. There was a great play tonight, despite how bad this game was tonight. All right, give me a positive um, from this, this nightmare. Yeah, there's... There was a play, I think, with three minutes left to go in the fourth tonight where uh, Simons ran a pick and roll with Nerd, and he found um, he found Norm in the corner after looking off Norm's guy, you know, adjusting to the wing, uh, free throw line extended wing. Uh, I think CJ was there. But he looked him off, totally fooled him, found Norm in the corner. And I was just thinking, like, you know, as much as I love CJ, and, and, and this was a great Norm game right. by all accounts, but like even through all that, and Simon's had some like pretty bad misses. That was the type of thing where it's like, you know, I trust that playmaking when Dame's not having a good night, or that threat's there. Like Simon's is just honestly just been incredible in terms of like even if he's having a bad a bad game, he does like stuff like that where you go like, like it's just hard of me to go like I have I don't remember the last time CJ's made a move where look a guy off the corner find the open guy in the corner and made the play instead of. It's almost like, oh, TJ has to run the pick and roll. You kind of know what's going to happen. It's going to be a fadeaway jumper or everything like that. So, um, like I said, I'm more of the youth movement. I, I don't like the idea of having $80 million worth of cap space committed to three guards. So, um, that's, well, that's where I'm get it down to just $60 million for two guards. That's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Once Dave's, you know, $60 million a year uh, kicks Yeah, in. they'll give Dame uh, $40 million and $20 yeah, 45, million. And, yeah. Exactly. And it'll be $65 million for two guards. So, it'll feel way better. Way better than $80 oh. million for three. It'll be a steal. Yeah. And then with the way Nerds play, it may add another 30, 30 to that as well. <laughs> I, I, I totally kid. But, um, yeah, like I said, that was that's where I wanted the direction to go. Um, you know, I, I actually like the idea of having Julian go on the team for a little bit just because, like, it, it, he's an Aussie. He's a good good guy on the locker room. I think he could uh, teach just a good presence. I don't know if yeah, he he's would a, continue. He's also, like, a, he's an a-hole. Like, he talks so yeah, oh, much, yeah, an, like, talks so much like, smack. So, um, I think like, fans would enjoy him if he was on your roster. Like, like joking Noah status of, like, like A-tier, like, just awful person beyond the court. But like everyone from, you know, the guy after he pissed off, be like, oh, he's the nicest guy. Off. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, um, uh, type of deal. yeah, he's, it's, um, I don't think, you know, he, Joe Ingles, if, if listeners don't know, uh, jazz swingman tours or, or forward tours ACL, um, his, his season and, you know, it's 34 potentially, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. I don't think a Royce O'Neal Rocco swaps happening because I don't know if mm-hmm. Rocco's better than Royce O'Neal. Um, yeah. he's different a little bit. He's probably a better team defender, but not as good of a one-on-one defender, but the jazz desperately need anyone who can guard. They just need anyone who can guard. Um, and so I don't think they can give away Royce with their desperation for, uh, for like literally anyone to play defense, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that was my thought too. Yeah. That was my thought too. Is like these 
I, I know you probably, I, I, I'm a big listener of your podcast. I know you hate fake trades. No, I, I don't. I, I, I hate I, fake. To a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, to a degree. Like rational. It's not like we're asking like, you know, to like pay Westbrook for Dave. Right. That's a clean swap because it works on trade machine. That doesn't work in real life. Yeah. But it's just like, that, that's the big problem. Like, okay, we make this move for Rocco for O'Neill. That's like a tax saving move. I think O'Neill makes like eight million. Rocco makes twelve. Right. It's like, okay, that's enough to put us under the tax. O'Neill is a fine, fine player, but if you look at the Jazz perspective, especially the way they're playing right now, it's like, is that really a right enticing? Like, like especially if we want like even a, a couple seconds with that, it's like probably not. So, like I said, I think Joe's going to have his hands full in terms of. You know, everyone says it's super easy because the computer says it's possible, but there's just so many. And, and like, so I feel for CJ too. I feel like, you know, with the birth of his kid, um, you know, he's really established here in Oregon, open a, a, a vineyard. That's a, that's, I, I can't imagine what Joe is feeling. God forbid if it was Neil, I don't think Neil would go to his grave not see trading CJ, but like, just imagine CJ with the Pelicans just going like, that's tough. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a tough sell. And like I said, I, I'm more on the side of like they're human at the end of the day. They're just not some salary cap, you know, number on the, on the stat sheet. Like that was what I did for the Blazers for a long time is, you know, I was a tendencies guy. I watched what the players did on the court and everything like that. So um, I didn't look at box scores. I looked how they just played. So. Um, and, and beyond, yeah. beyond, you know, beyond you putting some data in, in a sheet to say, Hey, this is, this guy goes right, you know, 13% of the time yeah. or, and, and if he goes left, he always pulls up like beyond that sort of stuff, you know, it, it sieges a new dad. Uh, he's a new dad with yeah. a, you know, with beyond the business interests. It's just like, it's uprooting your family. I think this week is fun for fans. Um, but I always will remember this one scene. I was going to save this for a little bit, but you, you remind me of it, Pierce. Uh, when, Nick Stauskas got traded. Uh, it was the trade that sent Wade Baldwin and Stauskas to Cleveland and then all over the map. Um, I believe they were traded four other times after that um, for the Rod- for the Blazers when they got Rodney Hood. It was at the practice facility. News comes out. Uh, Stauskas comes out of the back and just gives everybody a hug. He gives he gives, goes around and gives kind of like the dap hug to everybody, you know, like the high five and then a hug. And um, you could tell that he was realizing that his dream might be over. Like that, oh, I didn't, it didn't work here and it might be done. And that's not going to happen to CJ McCollum. He's too good. Like he's going to play no. in the league for another 10 years, maybe. Like he's, he's good. Um, that he'd be 40. That's maybe a little generous, but like <laughs> six, no props. Yeah. He has, he has, yeah. He has the Lou William like career coming right. up. He'll, he'll certainly, I was almost certainly sign another contract in the NBA, right? Yeah. Um, but there is this moment with trades where you realize the, the, that this thing is done. And with Stauskas, um, has not, has not played in the NBA since then. Um, it's like, it's. Yeah. I think he got a 10 day this year. Oh, right. He did. He did. He signed a 10 yeah, day. Yeah. He got a couple of 10 days. Yeah. But like, you know, I thought, you know, I don't want to divulge too much to that. I thought that's what Ben was going to be this season right. where he had that Charlotte game, like, like instantly reminded me of like that Stoskis opening night versus the Lakers. I think Stoskis hit six three. Yeah. 24. Yeah. I remember Terry, I remember Terry like, Played them like pretty heavily for like the first 50 games and nothing happened. And it's like, that just sucks. And like I said, I, I follow Nick on um, Instagram. I see all his rehab and it's just, that's just tough. Like it is. Said, they're, 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 they're just like you, despite what they, uh, despite how high they can jump, they're, they're like you and I, they have jobs, they have families, they have all these considerations and, you know, 
even like a small, <laughs> small move, like moving across country to the, to a brand new area that you've never been before. Like that's really hard. And like I said, I appreciate, you know, with Quick's article that came last with Norm, where, you know, the Blazers set him up in a really nice uh, house yeah. and they caught Spiegel, asked him all the, like, the things that Norm likes. So it felt like home, like that goes a long way for a lot of organizations, but it's, it doesn't make the blow even lessen the blow any more than it actually is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, it, a lot of the, like this blazer team feels real senior itisy. They feel like they're just waiting for whatever comes yeah. for whatever comes next. Yeah. Um, and I think like part of whatever comes next is dudes moving all around the country to kind of like p- just pick up your life and go. Um, it's a, it's, trade season's fun i don't want to make it less fun i don't want to be like don't don't have yep. fun because nick stauskas got sad one time but yeah, like, exactly. but, but like yeah it's um it's real impact on real lives so i think that's a that's a, a good reminder uh pierce thank you so much for joining the program this was a ton of fun yeah likewise thanks mike and like i said big uh big supporter of everything you do and uh thanks for having me on thanks again to kevin John and Pierce for joining the show. It was a ton of fun. We'll do these again, dear listeners. So if you, uh, if you're interested in joining one of these, this kind of happened on a whim. So follow me on Twitter at Mike G rich. I'll send out a, if we're going to do these again, I'll send out a, a tweet soliciting your participation. Tweet at me, we'll get you in the show. Literally. Thanks again to uh, John Pierce and Kevin. Tell your friends about this podcast free five days a week on all platforms make your first listen tell your friends to do the exact same thing appreciate you listening talk to you soon